Hello, everybody. We are here with your favorite podcast host, Barbara Bray. Hello, Mom. <laughs> I love it when you say that. <laughs> we get to see each other only yeah. once in a while, so this is wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really exciting uh, as as we get a chance to see each other in person. I'm still I'm still just so pl- privileged that I get to see you over Zoom, which is how we're recording this, by the way. For I the know audiences out there. I love it, and I mean, to me. We've been doing this a long time, but every time we see each other, our smiles are so big. Yeah, I get sore. <laughs> I, I get sore. Uh, it, it hurts a lot. The, the the cheek muscles. I need to. I need to get Aww. some kind of cheek massage after spending time with you. <laughs> <laughs> some people have told me they just love our talks in the beginning. It's like to have the mom and mom and son just really like each other. That sounds <sighs> yeah. really cool. We're really yeah. we're really lucky. I'm really. I am really lucky. Yeah, I'm a spoiled. I'm a spoiled son. Oh. <laughs> but, well, but before we gloat about ourselves anymore, <laughs> why don't you tell, why don't you tell uh, your listeners about uh, the next conversation that they're going to hear with you and Olivia Chan? Livia. Livia Chan. Livia. I call her Liv. In fact, um, I just, I am so lucky. This was the most fun talk. And... I learned so much about her, and she told me something about what her daughter's doing. She's the coach of the Ringettes. Uh, it's a wonderful, on the ice, it's different than hockey, but it looks like hockey, but it's different, and it's mostly females that do it. And so she was telling me this, and I said, you got to send me a video. you got to tell me about it. We're going to put it up there. And so I can't wait till people see some of the amazing things that Liv does. She's... <laughs> She's trying to get me to do a blog series on Teach Better, you know, that, that program that I'm doing things with. And, and she's just, I, it, was a, it was just so wonderful. Just wait till you hear it. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm just, uh, it, this just always raises, raises my heart just seeing you get super enthusiastic about the, your opportunity to share these stories with the public. So everybody stick around, enjoy the conversation with Barbara Bray and Livia Chan. I am so excited. I've been wanting to talk to this unbelievable person for so long. And I have her here, Livia Chan. Thank you for being here with me. I'm so excited, Barbara. I have been looking forward to this for as long as we were talking about it. So thank you. It's been a long time. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to share a a little bit about you before we start. Sound okay? All right. Awesome. So, Livia Chan's true calling was to be a classroom teacher. Her journey led her to serve on the district staff development team in learning technologies and she recently returned back to the classroom as a head teacher at Burnaby School District SD41 in British Columbia, Canada. You know, I didn't even know you did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did that role for about six years. And but prior to that, I was an a elementary teacher teaching grade two and three. Well, we're going to talk about that more. So I love, I love that. Liv has been affiliated with the Teach Better team 
supporting educators that contribute to the team blog, and she's after me to contribute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, you already brought blog, Barbara. So oh, I'm be going easy to. to bring you on. That We're going to do that. <laughs> and there's so much more about Liv and the gifts she's discovered. Welcome, Liv. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction. I'm so happy to be here. It was so fun. We started pulling things together about you and I went, she did this. Oh my gosh, that. And then when we started (laughs) talking, I was, I didn't know. So let's Mm -hmm. just tell my audience a little bit about you, where you grew up and, you know, just some of the things that you'd like to share about your upbringing. Sure. I'd love to. I grew up in Vancouver, BC, and I have two younger brothers who I absolutely adore. And they're now married now. And they have lovely wives who are my sisters now. And they both have two lovely children. I have a husband and a son and a daughter. Adore them all. Uh, We also have a guinea pig. Her name's Hazelnut. Guinea pig. Before we get to the guinea pig, (laughs) let's just say your husband's name and your children's name. Okay. My husband's name is Jason, and he's an IT consultant. Um, And yeah, so he's my IT support at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Yes. And then my son's name is Ethan, but everybody calls him MJ. There's a story to that. Uh, My daughter's name is Sarah Lynn. So my son just finished his first year of university in social sciences, criminology, and my daughter just graduated from grade 12. So she'll be starting at the other local university in sciences. Wow. Okay. My daughter's name is Sarah. How do you spell Sarah? Sarah Lynn is S-A-R-A-L-Y-N-N, all one word. Oh, she's S-A-R-A-N. Sarah Ann. Isn't that fun? Okay. Do you want to just tell me about the MJ real quick? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, everybody is always confused because when they see his formal name, they are always asking, well, how do you get MJ out of Ethan? Because there's no (laughs) real clear relation. In Chinese, uh, we typically will call, like we have, all my, both my kids have a Chinese name. And so it's kind of two words. And typically in Chinese, you take the second part of the name and you attach Jai, which means son. So his Chinese name is Ji Ming. So we would always call him Ming Jai, Ming Jai, which, and you take the M and the J. And for some reason, it just stuck. And so he's been called MJ ever since. Uh, people that don't really know him, he'll, he'll introduce himself as Ethan, but most people know him as MJ. Oh, that's so cool. I yeah. love that. That yeah. I love that you shared that story. Well, his middle name is Maverick, and he does have a you know Top Gun Maverick shirt. <laughs> oh well, that, yeah. My my son, we we love Top Gun. <laughs> so so, what was it like for you as a student? Because I like to go back, mm. and then we can bring in your children a little bit about what they're doing mm-hmm. now. But what was it yeah. like for you growing up? Well, my parents. Uh, my dad came here when he was about 13 years old with my grandpa and my he's got six brothers and they were still back in in China and so slowly you know after 3 years they they came over and so you know they we struggled right because mm. we didn't have a lot of money and but you know they they worked hard that's one thing that I've totally learned from my parents they, I learned how to work hard and I watched them do that because we had a, a Chinese restaurant and so I started working there when I was 13 so every Friday Saturday Sunday that's where I was oh. all summer long that's where I was uh and 
you know, learned about customer service and how to talk to different people and just work as a team, right? Our family was a team because we had to be. And anytime that uh, during the week, if say there wasn't a delivery driver that showed up or the cook was sick, we'd be called in and we'd be there, right? And it was, and that was the time that I could see my parents because during the day, that's where they were. They were in the evenings. That's where they were, and so that was my family time with my parents. And yeah. I also, I also figured out that that was part of the reason why I was trained to stay up late because they would come home around eleven or twelve, and I always wanted to see them. So I would have to stay up late to see them. And so now, now I'm a night hawk, and wow. <laughs> but I can get up really early too. That's amazing. Yeah. Do they still have the restaurant or is that? No, no? Yeah. no, they sold it before I got married and then they opened up a different restaurant. But They did? So. They still, yeah. Do they still have that? No, that was a pizza and Greek restaurant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is so different. Yeah, oh, that is. is funny. But it's yeah. a great experience for you. Oh, phenomenal. That is amazing. Yeah. I always, you know, I've seen... I can't remember some of the stories and they're on Netflix about mm-hmm. families that have restaurants and then the whole mm-hmm. family. And I just yes. can't imagine how that impacted you. Yeah. And I think that's probably what brought us so close because we had to work together. And at home, my, my grandmother came over to, to live with us since I was six months old. And so mm-hmm. she was our caregiver because my parents had to be at the restaurant all the time. So she got us up for breakfast, made lunch, dinner, and she was our parent. That is so, that is really special. Oh my goodness. You know, she's been gone for almost 20 years mm. and anytime I think of her, I my if there's anybody on earth that has taught me about unconditional love, it's my grandma. Uh, but also my parents. My parents just show me unconditional love and my brothers mm. and their families and I just feel so blessed and rich in love and, and family and even from all my friends. I just am so grateful every single day. That is a wonderful, I mean, the idea that you had, especially your grandmother, um, mm-hmm. some people don't have that. Uh, they don't yeah. have anyone that can be there with them all mm-hmm. the time and just love them no matter who you are, what you do. Because mm-hmm. we're humans, we make mistakes and they love yeah. you anyway, right? Yes, and yes. That is beautiful. Yeah, well, and I think that's one of the hardest lessons that I've learned that has made me who I am today is that, you know, we, I took her for granted, right? I, uh-huh. I was in my early 20s and I know she knew how much I loved her. I know she knew how much, I was grateful for her, but now I still don't feel like I uh, expressed it enough. And mm-hmm. so that's why I feel like it's so important to make sure people know that they are important to you. Make sure people know how grateful they are to you. Uh, that you know, and and that you don't know. Like it could be me that's not here tomorrow. It could be them mm-hmm. that's not here tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes I feel like I get on a little bit of a soapbox when people say, oh, "I love you more than you know." Well, why? Why don't we tell them as much as, you know, if, to make it so explicit, right? And if somebody's on your mind, reach out and tell them. You know, I don't know how many times that I've reached out to somebody because somebody's just been on my mind and they said, they'd say to me, you have impeccable timing. I just so needed that. And I just think like if so many of us, like if there's some reason why people are placed on our mind and 
How long does it take to send a text, Barbara? I, I just had this talk with my family yesterday. Yeah. Because, and I had the whole family here. It was mm-hmm. one of those. And, but some weren't here. And mm-hmm. trying to do that, because um, I guess we get so busy mm-hmm. and our own egos get in the way that we forget mm-hmm. that that little note, that little saying yeah. means so much. Yeah. Yeah, a simple text. You know, I always feel there's somebody, somebody's put been put on your heart and mind for a reason. Mm-hmm. So all you need to do is say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you," or "Hey, we haven't chatted for a while," or "Hey, I miss you." Right? Oh, oh gosh. We know, I mean, you know how it, it good good it feels when somebody does that to you. Right? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I definitely know that. And yeah. this uh, the pandemic has changed mm. a lot. For a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And now that we are using, you know, technology more, mm-hmm. uh, I think people are reaching out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, or they should, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for saying that. That was just so beautiful. I got to just, thank I'm going to circle it and say, we got to just do that more. An unconditional mm-hmm. love every day. Well, you, I want to now talk about your children, because you told me a story about your daughter and being a coach. Do you want to just share a little bit about that? I would love to. I play, I coach, I ref the sport of ringette. I'm also part of the executive. Uh, Ringette is a sport that you play on ice. So from afar, it probably looks like we're playing hockey or ice hockey, but we're not. Uh, We chase around a blue ring, a rubber ring, and our stick doesn't have a blade, so it's just a, a stick. And the rules are are somewhat similar in that there's a goalie and five players, and, and the, the goal is to score more than the other team. Uh, but there are a few different rules. It's kind of like a mix of uh, basketball and lacrosse, I guess. And um, so you have there's 30 second rules and, you know, you have to pass over the blue lines. But it's all about teamwork because you can't go from end to end like you can in hockey. You have to pass over two blue lines before you can take a shot on or before, you, you know, you can uh, really try to take a shot on goal and score. So it's such a great uh, team sport, yes. primarily played by females, but we do on um, the teams that I've coached before, we do have had males as well. And I've been coaching for 12 years, ever since my daughter started when she was in kindergarten. And she's played at the highest level, up the double A level. So we've gone yeah. to nationals for three years or no, two years. And, you know, you talk about family, right? That ringette has that such a family feel and I've just had the greatest blessing to to coach so many phenomenal young females that and to see them grow and develop mm-hmm. and the bonds like the the bonds that my daughter has with her ring at friends are just phenomenal because we go away for tournaments right there's four or five times a year that you go away and that time that you spend together. And because it's such a competitive sport at that highest level, we practice four or five times a week. And so we spend a lot of time together. And so some of these girls feel like my, you know, daughters from a different mother kind of thing, right? Because we just spend so much time together and it's, I can't say enough about this sport. Like I I have, I play as well and, and I absolutely love my teammates and, you know, I know a lot of people kind of uh, 
have a hard time imagining me, you know, in full in, full in gear. I play defense. So it's like, you know, you're not getting close to my goalie and, you know, and so I know, I know some people have a hard time visualizing me playing a sport like that, but it's just so much fun. I gain, it just fills my soul. Well, I didn't, I, you told me that and I said, I don't even know what that is. And so you, <laughs> you, you sent me a video. So I'm going to put yeah. that video on the post because I awesome. think that would be for people in in the U.S. who don't know about it. You also mm-hmm. told me there was a tournament where you played Finland. Well, it's not me. No, not it's, you, but I meant your, yeah. your team, your team. No, it, well, it wasn't my team. It was our team Canada. So we, we oh. hosted the world championships here at, right where I live. And so it was just incredible because that is mm. like the very top level and to watch Canada play against Finland was just so memorable and during the world championships I even brought my students to watch a game as their field trip and it was so interesting because I was so impressed with how much they enjoyed it uh, they got bandanas that they were flinging around and it was interesting because it was like the boys that were like right against the glass just watching the game and they were just so into it and you know I always wondered you know because it's all females on the ice at the highest level there and but it was just so so cool to watch. I I hope someday that's a Olympic sport because people don't know about it but you know with the Olympics coming up and and Mm -hmm. it just the world is watching and it would be really mm-hmm. nice. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> okay. So why did you become a teacher? Oh, it was not something that I knew I wanted to become when I was younger. I loved every part of school, like learning. I, I know when I went to school, we had lots of worksheets and things like that, but I still really enjoyed learning and I still love learning to this day. Uh, and I actually was doing my undergrad in criminology. And I thought maybe I might want to pursue being a police officer or maybe working in the courts or I wasn't sure. But somewhere along the line, before I graduated, I made sure I had the courses to become a teacher if I wanted to. I didn't want, Mm. I want to make sure I had doors open. I also Mm. have a ton of friends that are teachers that I've known since I was young. And so I'm not sure if it's because of that that I kind of thought maybe, you know, if follow in their footsteps. But anyhow, I ended up working at the health department. And during that time, I was thinking, well, maybe I want to be a teacher, but I never want to do anything unless I explore it fully. So I asked my boss if I can start working part-time. So I worked three days a week. And on the two days, on Monday, Tuesday, I volunteered at a school and they placed me with four different teachers. So Monday morning was one with one teacher, Monday afternoon was with a different teacher and and so on. And as soon as I stepped in the door and started working with kids, I just knew. It was instant. It was like, mm-hmm. you know that moment mm-hmm. where where it's like love at first sight? That's <laughs> how it felt. And then I just knew. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else. And then I applied to get into the program. And 22 years later, here I am. Wow. I still absolutely love what I do. Mm. It, it's just, I'm so, so passionate about it. Well, it's very apparent because we can, <laughs> you know, when I, I listened to all the things you were, you even had a, um, I think you were on George Chorus's mm-hmm. podcast and you were mm-hmm. talking about uh, what advice you would give your first year teacher self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Go ahead, share. What would you <laughs> do that now? Because I like that. Yeah. Well, I said that I, I would lead with heart. 
Mm. because, and the heart stands for different things. So the H stands for to have fun. And, you know, with, and that's one thing that I love about teaching is that every day I get to have fun with my students and I like to make things fun. So, you know, uh, I'm also a contributing author to 100 um, no-nonsense things that all teachers should stop doing with Rick Jutter. And that's what my chapter is about, is about stop making school boring. And so I offer different ideas on how to make school more fun, right? Because really, I don't, you know, I mentioned earlier about how when I went to school, we had worksheets and, and I still mm-hmm. liked it, right? But school to me is an experience, and I want them coming to school and wanting to come to school and excited mm-hmm. and and excited to learn and not because it's something that I want them to learn. It's, it's something that they want to learn, right? So the co-constructing of curriculum is important to me, you know, having their voice and choice and uh, lots of inquiry-based project learning. It, that's That's what I'm just so passionate about. I have a little bit about that in my background too. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah, no, but that's really cool. The heart will have, I'm thinking that someday that that's going to be your book. <laughs> and gonna, I am working on something. I know, but then you'll tell us what all the rest of the letters mean. So let's save that for your yeah. book. Well, his book is coming out in, I, I believe, about three weeks or so. So everybody can read. About, his book is called Because of a Teacher. And what he's done is he's asked, um, aside from me, 14 other educators. One, um, one is not an educator, but it's Jody Carrington, the amazing Jody Carrington. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he's got five people that are writing about um, a teacher that have influenced them or made an impact. And then five people who wrote about an administrator who have made an impact on their lives. And then five people who wrote a chapter on what advice you would give to your first year as a first year teacher. And he's written uh, four chapters of the book too. So we're all super excited that Uh, the release launch date will be, I believe right now, I think it's going to maybe August 7th. So that's uh, coming up. That's coming up. I don't know if this, we'll see if we can get this podcast up before, but... um, (laughs) No matter what, we'll put a link to the yeah, book. So I, I just you. love George. So he, that would be yes. Great. And um, and also I like the title because of a teacher. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, it'll, this will be good. I'm glad that you were part of that. That is great. Yeah, yeah. I was so honored. You know, he reached out and emailed me and said, "Hey, I'd like to chat." And I thought. George Kuros has reached out to me because he wants to talk to me. So when I talked to him, he first said, oh, I, first of all, I'd love to have you on, as a guest on my podcast. And I, my jaw already dropped. And uh. then he, he said, I'd love for you to write a chapter in my book. And then like there was, if there's a possibility that my jaw could drop even further, that's what happened. Well, I think that because you've been um, sharing and and some of the things you've already said today in this podcast is is this it comes across. It's very warm. You're very warm and you're very Thank you. authentic about Thank how you feel. And I think we need more of that. And so you're modeling it, and and that's what we want in the books. And so if I write another book, I'm going to write, call you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so kind. Thank you. Thank you for your kind Uh, words. I appreciate it. So you, you were on the district staff development team. I was honest that I was an ed tech 
a specialist on a team. Mm -hmm. And all this that you learned doing that helped Mm -hmm. you. Yes. And then you went back to the classroom. Yes. Did did all of that kind of lead back to it or? It did. You know, I, so the team existed seven years prior to me joining it. They had put on a lot of PD. And so I went to a lot of them because I was so interested in it. And it was making such a difference in my classroom, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, anytime you find things that are making an impact, you want to do more of it and you want to learn more of it. And so I, uh, when the time came and there was an opening, it was that at the time here where I am, because my children were younger, a lot of teachers here work part-time. And mm. so it's really nice to have just, you know, I, I chose to work three days a week. Mm. And and then, so I still had two full days with my children. And, oh, that's special. Yeah, I didn't know is. they did that. I, yeah. did, I did that. That's how I got started. Yeah. So I felt how lucky if you can have yes. that time doing both the things you love. <laughs> hmm Yes. And then at that time, my kids were getting a little older and it would just match really nicely for me to kind of start considering going back to work full-time because I, that was always the plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I, I uh, spoke to one of the, the people on the team that I had worked closely with because I'd gone to so many workshops. And she just said, you know, they, they would love to have me on the team. So obviously I had to apply for it and I got the job, uh, worked with the team for six years and two phenomenal people. I actually shouted them out when I was on George Kuros's podcast because I learned so much from them. And, uh, but unfortunately after six years, there were budget cuts. And so mm. our team was cut. And so I had to go back to the classroom. Uh, so I went back to teach a grade one, two class Uh, That was a phenomenal experience because at the school that I was placed at, it was growing, but there was not enough classroom space. So they came up with this like creative idea, I thought, to have two classes combined. We have a limit, class limit of 22, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So we ended up having 28 kids, but two teachers full time. Oh, so yes, what a phenomenal See, experience. Yes, mm-hmm. that was, and and the the school up there was unique in that we had a classroom and then there was a pod area that four classrooms shared. So that for that year, we just took over the pod area as well as part of our classroom. And it was just phenomenal because I was like seen as the tech teacher and she was seen as the art teacher because, and both of those areas are our growth areas. So it worked out just beautifully. And it was such a phenomenal year. And then the following year, I changed schools somewhere closer to home. And it was a three, four, because I really wanted to take what I've learned in the last six years and and prior to, and to really see how I can use that technology with an intermediate grade. Mm. And then the year after that, which was just this past year, I had applied to be a head teacher. So then I had to move again. So in three years, I've taught five different curriculums and we have a newer curriculum too. So it, it, it's newer that I had to learn. Wow. But because I co-construct curriculum, I don't have to be the expert on it all, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, what they're interested in drives their learning. And so it's been such a phenomenal experience. I have a phenomenal uh, administrator that I get to work with. So I'm in the classroom 
approximately equivalent to three days a week and then two days a week-ish I am in the office. That's kind of how you started. (laughs) That's pretty cool. So how did you handle uh, the pandemic? Did they have you go back um, face-to-face or was it online or... Yeah, so uh, during the pandemic, obviously, like everybody else, we were remote. Mm -hmm. And then in June, we actually reopened schools. Wow. So I think we were the only ones that reopened schools that quickly, I think. I'm not sure. But we went back hybrid. So, But also a lot of families decided to keep their children at home. So in the four weeks that we reopened schools, I only had to be at school Monday, Tuesday, and I had five kids. Wow. Yeah, in person. I still had to teach the other mm-hmm. uh, kids, but in person, that and that was such a blessing. Like, how many times in our lifetime are we going to have five children in front of us, right? I know. I, I'm just thinking, what it, this year is got, I mean, this past year, there were a lot of blessings, even though yes. it was difficult. Yes. And just imagine, it's like you with the uh, ringettes, the closeness. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yes. how close those five yes. kids got? That's, mm-hmm. oh, that's pretty yeah, special. It was. I wonder if there's a way, I mean, it'll be interesting this new year coming up, how they can take some of the things that worked and mm-hmm. reevaluate the things that didn't work and mm-hmm. how they're going to bring those together to create a, a better a teach mm-hmm. better. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the episode. So let's talk about your affiliation with the Teach Better team because I'm really just starting. I, I have my pot, some of my podcasts there, mm-hmm. and uh, you reached out to put some blogs up, so I will mm-hmm. do it. It's just been, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just an amazing organization. Can you tell oh, a little bit about that? I would absolutely love to. I adore everybody on the team and the family. And when mm-hmm. I say family, that's everybody that that hops in and joins in all the fun that we have, and it's. It's something that I never knew I needed, but since I found them, I cannot imagine my life without. And, you know, everybody is just so warm and welcoming. And the the first time that I participated in their summer webinar series, which was last summer, like you just get that warm feeling right up right away. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, when you go to a party, you just don't want to leave. <laughs> it's like that feeling. And I, like I said earlier, I love to learn new things and every day I get to learn. And so now I've joined the team as the, uh, the digital content editor. I get to work with Carrie Pitstick and she is amazing. Uh, we have such a great partnership. And today actually is our first day that we have our, uh, bloggers uh exclusive event so yeah it'll be it'll be happening every quarterly and so that'll be just really exciting to build our blogging community as such and Mm. i'm also involved in um the admin mastermind because now that i'm a head teacher so i 
I wake up early every Tuesday morning and and partake in that. Uh, they also have a Teach Better chat, a Twitter chat. So I'm there every Thursday. We have to put all this in so people can follow. What is the admin mastermind? Oh, so it's anybody yeah. who has, and you may not necessarily have to have a formal leadership role, but if you see yourself as a leader in mm-hmm. your school or district, then you're welcome to attend these meetings. It's completely free. We sit around the, the Zoom table and, you know, after we introduce ourselves, we talk about mm-hmm. some things that uh, Dave Schmidt might have brought up. Uh, and then we just, we just share something that might be on our mind that we might want support around. And it really mm. just feels like a family sitting around a table, somebody bringing up an issue and the rest of us just offering suggestions, advice, uh, virtual hugs, you know, ah. it's, yeah, it's incredible. I've learned so much. So you're doing so much that I'm trying to, ca- you know, capture it all. You have, your blog series is called Gift Better. Is that? Yes. I, I love that name. Thank you. I, you know, it's like, you know, when you go, for me anyway, when I buy a gym membership, I end up going a lot for the first little bit, but then it kind of teeters off. So mm-hmm. I need to, you know, ha- commit make a commitment to something. So I thought, you know, the best thing for me would be to commit to writing or contributing to a blog series. So every ah. month, I have a particular day of the month that my blog post will be uh, published. And so we have 18 blog series writers for the team. And so I just thought, you know, I need to come up with something that's a central theme that I can talk about every month. And so I thought about, well, what is it that I often share? And I th- I see people as gifts. I see relationships as gifts. I see so many things as gifts. And I find that when, I, when I've changed or when I shift my mindset and when you start to see things as gifts and you start to see more and more things as gifts, that sense of gratitude and just, you know, rediscovering my, my place in this world, it just is more eye-opening the more I think about it. And actually, I have a whole brainstorm sheet of all my ideas for the Gift Better series. I have enough to write for more than three years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Now Thank I have you. to think of my series name. <laughs> yeah, so I just... Yeah. Yeah, so I talk, you know, the first blog post, I've, I've only written four so far, but the first one is just to... to explain how there are just many gifts that that are out there just Mm -hmm. waiting for us to discover them. And so I talk about the gift of words. And truly, like when I think about the, you know, as teachers, we all, we often get a lot of gifts from our students and other people, right? But how many times are we kind of taking their cards and kind of putting them and hugging them, right? More than the coffee mug or the gift card or it's their words. They carefully chose them just for us. They mean so much, right? And so when I started to see words as gifts, it just changed my mindset. So, and then, you know, I talk about the gift of gratitude, you know, and how we, how we express our gratitude towards other people. In every blog post that I have, I have a little mindful moment that you can practice. I have tips on how you can, um, how you can practice whatever that gift is that I'm I'm explaining, and then in the end, there's a, always a challenge for you. So every blog post will have 
those pieces in there. Wow. And then I also talk about the last one was about uh, the gift of believing. And so, you know, I firmly believe that students and even other people, it's a gift that you can give to somebody. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when, and really all it is, is all you need to do is believe in them. It's as simple as that, right? And show them and make them feel it and know that they are valued and see them and hear them. And, you know, I had that that gift of people believing in me over and over and over again. And when I look at all the experiences and all the opportunities that have come my way, these doors that open and, and not, like so many opportunities I'm not even expecting, but it's really when I'm offered these opportunities, it is these people saying, Liv, I believe in you. And it is truly such a gift. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know, but there is a, a student of mine during the pandemic, we had, we started passion projects. And so she uh, wrote a story in my, in my classroom and then eventually decided to turn that book into uh, something that she published. And so she's published it. Uh, it's been out for about, about a year. She's sold, I think, over 1,800 copies. She's got so many reviews. She is now, uh, people are, like, she's been interviewed on podcasts and on TV and, you know, radio. And, oh, can we but, share that so people yeah. can still buy oh, her book? What is, yes, yes. It, yes, it, and, show and her and her name, yes. Ellie and Lou, Ellie and the and meaning Lou. of oh, so it's the like a, it's, friendship. A, it's a children's book. Yeah, but it, yeah. anybody can read it. Okay, yes, let's put that up. And so, yeah, people... I'd love to. So she's published her second book. She's working on her third. And ah. when she first, when she published her first book, she was ten years old. Oh my gosh! And she is like one of the shyest girls that you could ever meet, but. You know, she has just knocked everybody's socks off. And, you know, it starts with somebody believing in her. So in in Burnaby, we have a writing contest. And so I submitted her story. And, you know, at first she was like, she didn't want me to. Because, uh, you know, it's scary to have somebody judge your story yeah. and deem it worthy to be put into our, you know, antho- and our district anthology. Yeah, one thing led to another. And in her dedication, she has me in there uh, to Miss Chan. Thanks for your encouragement and support. And that's like the first time I've ever seen my name in any book. And it was just so heartwarming. And I adore her. She is truly amazing. And that's the thing, like, you know, I truly believe that because of all these things that have happened, her life trajectory has changed. Yes. There's no doubt yes. about it. She has her own website now, kianasosa.com. Oh, right? we're going to put that up too. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and yeah. Ugh, it's incredible just by believing in somebody. Well, there's there were some studies um, where I think it was in 2010, it was Brown University went into a school to observe the interaction between teachers and oh. students and realized that there were some students no one ever talked to. So they sat mm-hmm. down with this one student, found out that he was almost at concert piano piano level, but nobody oh. knew. Oh. Just imagine the talents and the gifts mm-hmm. that they have. Every 
every person has some gift. Mm-hmm. And what, every. And and if we can do what you're, what's her name? Um, Kiana. Kiana. If we can just believe, like you said, that everyone has a gift. Yes. And, yes. and then even just saying, I believe in you. Yes. Because I did that. I When you wrote something, I wrote, I believe in you. And you went, oh, yes. oh my gosh, Barbara said I that. Know. And I, I know. Did. But I, I think if we can just let go of our own, if we can get it that as a teacher, we have mm-hmm. so many powers. Mm-hmm. We impact kids and others, our mm-hmm. colleagues and, and so many, if we mm-hmm. can just listen and be there. That's one mm-hmm. reason why I set up a podcast is I wanted to learn how to listen better. Mm. Um, but I also wanted to be able to write and hear mm-hmm. about the stories because mm-hmm. I found it, I didn't, I've already talked to you before. Mm-hmm. You shared things here that you didn't tell me before. Mm-hmm. It's just so special. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, coming back to the power and the impact that a teacher has. Mm-hmm. I I share this often, but it's that, you know, in every single interaction that we have, it is an opportunity. And it's like, that's what I, that's my, my message is that it's every interaction. There is an opportunity for you to intentionally uplift somebody else through your kindness, through your gratitude, through your empathy, through your love, and to just help make their day a brighter one, right? Like every time somebody, you know, if I, if I tweet something and somebody responds, that is an opportunity for me to say something or to, to uplift that person, right? Every time you walk past somebody, that is an opportunity. I mean, you know, it's not possible to take every single opportunity, but if we're taking more, that's better than we've done before, right? I want to, you know, I always put a quote at the top mm-hmm. of the post because uh, we're mm-hmm. going to put a post together about this. That was so beautiful. I'm going to have to Thank listen you. to it again and write it down. And I actually have a slide created, so I can send that to you if, <laughs> if, if you want. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, Liv. It's a, okay, so we talked about so many things, and I always bring up your why. I think mm-hmm. I know your why, but let's just mm-hmm. hear if you want to just pull it together. Mm-hmm. Well, really, it is just, you know, this year, because I've never taught grade five before, um, beginning of the year, my principal asked me, are you okay with teaching grade five? And I told her, I said, you know, teaching is not about the grade. Teaching is all about relationships. It doesn't matter what grade I teach. It's about the relationships. And that's the joy that I get in teaching is building those relationships, not just with them, but with their families. And, you know, as a teacher is building relationships with my colleagues, right? And and everybody else that's in the building, it's you know, one of my favorite things to do is to when I see the custodian and to say hi and to, you know, ask him how he's doing and and to uplift him too, right? And uh, you know, I think it's it's what what can I do to make other people stay a little bit better every single day through every interaction? And I wanna make an impact, right? So I, I wanna be that teacher where they're looking back and they and they they think, oh, Miss Chan, she was that teacher, <laughs> right? Yes. That teacher. Well, it, some people have said, what teach, I mean, what is, who is that teacher that made a difference in your life? And 
do you want to be that teacher for? Mm-hmm. I am so looking forward to what's next for you. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> well, I know you're going to be in other books. I know you might be writing a book, mm-hmm. right? Yes, yes. And so we're going to put links and I keep the post up so we can always update it and everything. Oh, awesome, thank Isn't you. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Oh, Liv, this has been just amazing. I've had oh, this same. wonderful conversation and I feel this is the gift that you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's a gift of time. Mm-hmm. Giving me the time to learn more about you, but also just to open up and have a conversation like this is so special. It's been truly special for me too, Barbara. Um, Every time I think about you, I just have this warm feeling in my heart and it just makes me smile. So thank you for your gift of time as well uh, and for believing in me. I do. And on that <laughs> note, I do believe in you. And I cannot wait till our next time together. Thank you so much. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Bye for now. This is Barbara Bray. Thank you for listening to the Rethinking Learning Podcast and my conversation with Livia Chan. It was all about her journey to becoming a head teacher at Burnaby School District in British Columbia being affiliated with the Teach Better team and all of our gifts and so much more. Make sure you check out the blog post with links and resources that go with this podcast about live. It's all on my website, barbabray.net. Did you know that this is podcast episode 120? I try to make it feel like my guests and I are sitting and talking on my porch. Each podcast and story are different, unique, and an adventure. I hope you enjoy the conversations and I welcome you to subscribe to my Rethinking Learning podcast. It would be an honor if you wrote a review. Also, I hope you subscribe to my website at barbabray.net so you receive updates and more resources. Thank you again for listening.